Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and in this episode, we're reviewing The Gentleman as well as all the latest movie and trailer news, and listen out for the next code word for our first anniversary giveaway. All right, let's jump into The Gentleman, Tim. Yes, let's. So Guy Ritchie's latest film, The Gentleman, what is it? It is an action comedy about Mm -hmm. an American crime boss in London. He's trying to sell off his marijuana empire, right? He's he's had enough. He wants to move on with his life Mm -hmm. and remove himself from, from that world. But what that does, it it triggers ambitious competitors and enemies to try and overthrow him. So you can only imagine the chaos that ensues. And I guess, like, what was your overall thinking? Like, Guy Ritchie's he's returning to this crime genre. Were Mm. you excited going into this? Well, this is, it was a typical Guy Ritchie film, Mm. let's be honest. Crime caper, ensemble cast, lots of salty lads and salty language (laughs) salty lads is one way of putting it i mean i love that he doesn't hold back as a filmmaker as a writer Mm. guy richie he you know salty are you referring to how many times the c word is dropped like the c bomb how do you feel about that in in cinema i think it's lazy it's like his films are always about the British underbelly or the mm-hmm. British crime underbelly, and that seems like a lazy way to get your point across that these are hard men, hard lads, yeah. you know? I, I don't have a problem with it being used in context, and I think the context for this film existed. However, it's the it's the number of times they it say it. It was very overused, and it, and it loses its impact. Not that the C-bomb needs to deliver an impact, but it certainly cuts through. It's such a violent word right Mm. so it kind of does pack a punch but when you hear it 20 plus times across a two-hour film it kind of loses that oh he's really pissed off or like what what is he trying to say and get a message across is a bit much i agree it loses the impact Mm. Mm. and as far as guy ritchie films go he has good stories i think at the heart of them they're good stories and the dialogue is probably really great but the problem is you really need to be able to understand the accents 
yeah. to get what's going on. And the accents are always so clever and so on point. I would say they're on point. Mm. But if you're not familiar with them, it's hard to keep an eye on what's going on. And there's so much exposition in this movie. So you really need to be paying attention hard. Yeah. You almost need subtitles. Well, <laughs> honestly, it's not a bad idea to do that, to be honest. And accents seem to be his thing, like yeah. you said. I mean, I always think back to Snatch where Brad Pitt was the Irish. <laughs> yeah, he was terrible. Oh, uh, But, you know, to your point, there's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of characters. Mm. We'll talk about who's in this film and who was great, which is all of them. But, uh, you know, lots of different accents. So you're having to constantly be so alert mm. to comprehend everything that they're trying to say. So did you find the story too much or the accents too much or like a combination of both? I think the story was good. I was into the story, Mm. but it was hard to follow. I think then let's talk about the narrative style yeah. because it's told in a, I don't know if this is a super unique way. It's kind of Guy Ritchie thing that he does, Mm. isn't Mm. it? But telling the story within a story. Yes. Let's talk about the ensemble cast, I guess, just quickly. It stars Matthew McConaughey, Hugh Grant, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, uh, Colin Farrell, Michelle Dockery. Like you could go on and on. So yeah. many people in this. Yeah. And what they're doing is Hugh Grant as a journalist is telling the story of the demise of Matthew McConaughey's empire, I guess, to try and extort money from yeah. him. Yeah. I, it took me a while to figure out how the story was being told and mm. where my focus needed to be. Which is good. I think that was interesting. Yeah. But you brought up a point off the podcast Mm -hmm. where you say you need to pay so much attention to a Guy Ritchie film. And unfortunately for me, I lost focus at several times. And I don't Mm -hmm. know about you, but I had to go back maybe a minute here and there. I just, yeah, it's not a film that you can be on your phone or distracted in any way. So if you're going to check out this movie, which I think is worth checking out, you Mm -hmm. need to just... Push everything else out because it demands your attention. Yeah, which Otherwise, is not you a bad. Have no idea what's going on? Which is not a bad thing. No, I agree. I agree. You need to be paying attention, and sure. the fact that he can hold your attention is a good thing. Definitely. I want to talk a little bit about Michelle Dockery because there was some there was some chatter before this movie came out about it being a sausage fest. This movie, and that is a Guy Ritchie film. Let's be honest. You know, the men are the focus, the women are secondary characters, mm. and I actually went into this thinking I actually don't mind that because maybe that's the point of the film. It's a gangster flick and the boys club and all that kind of thing. But Michelle Dockery was way wasted. So wasted. I thought at least she'll be playing a part as um, Matthew McConaughey's wife, but she was so underutilized. Yeah, I agree. When she was in the film, I think she was fantastic Mm -hmm. when she was written into the film, which wasn't very much like you said. And I was really intrigued by her. She seemed to have a lot of oomph behind her and I would like to see Guy Ritchie do a female-led mm. ensemble film mm. because there's no doubt in my mind that he can he can write a movie, write it interestingly with twists mm. and turns at every corner, flip the gender, and you will still get the quintessential Guy Ritchie film but kind of adds different flavours to it. If you mm. have women at the front, I think there's so much capacity for that. It almost felt like a superficial attempt to do that. Because she was such a strong character in terms of personality. Mm. Like, she was a take-no-shit kind of woman. Absolutely. Which was great. And there was so much opportunity there for you, for him to explore that and use her more. And instead, she was used as a sort of damsel in distress to further the story of the of the men, which... Yeah, yeah. Well, especially this one scene where 
she's taken advantage of mm. more than I was anticipating. And I wasn't actually very comfortable with that because it didn't actually f- seem right. It didn't. Yeah, there wasn't a point to it. It was just for no. shock value. Yeah, it was shock value. But even in terms of understanding the character who was doing this thing to her, mm. it didn't make sense either. So it felt really abrasive and unnecessary. It was a bit disappointing, to be honest. Going back to the accents in the ensemble cast, yeah. can I just say Hugh Grant's accent was fantastic. Thank God that we're talking about Hugh right now. because I, That's all I <laughs> wanted to talk about on this podcast. I had heard, because this film came out in mid to late January in Australia, yes. Yes. and I just kept hearing whispers of how phenomenal Hugh Grant was. And I go, yeah, he's all right. He's good. He's mm. a good actor. You know, he was great, mm, mm. this and that, the other. And he's kind of finding almost a renaissance at the moment. He's not the, bu- well, he can't really be the bumbling, cute guy in a romantic comedy anymore. He doesn't have that floppy head foppishness about him anymore. No, but man, like it was impossible to think that it was Hugh Grant, right? Like his accent was amazing. And his comic timing was amazing. He was this kind of campy character, but it wasn't too camp. Like, it was just a bit naughty, a bit... Yes. You could tell he had a lot of fun in figuring out his character, but then also you could tell that he was playing with things on the set. How different his takes would have been, I can just see it. And his affectionate use of the word darling and things. Like, I just loved it. And also just how out of his league this character was. Like, you could tell he was in way over his head, but also trying to give off this sort of uh, (laughs) confidence that wasn't there. Especially up against the character that Charlie Hunnam played, who was pretty scary especially mm. when when the film kept going on and you realize what he was capable of and what his role was working with matthew mcconaughey's character mm. hugh grant's character has some fucking balls to stand up against this guy because <laughs> yeah. yeah you don't want to cross him basically and colin farrell was cracking me up he was a bit of a bit player almost not like really part of the full cast but geez he was hilarious he brings so many different flavors to his roles and mm. they're always <laughs> sorry that <laughs> that, that scene in the with the boot of the car and just the way that the dialogue just rolled off his tongue and how they're communicating with each other yes, and, and the other yes. guy. I'm like, and the guy's name. That is, is just brilliant. It Calm is, the fuck down. It's just so funny. Oh, my uh, God. It, they're just a joy to watch on screen. And I think mm. the two – it's hard to pick standouts because – Whatever the issue we had with some of the grabbing your attention and, mm. and the some of the story elements, all the actors just brought something unique. Matthew McConaughey was great. Charlie Hunnam mm. really grew on me during the film when mm-hmm. you got to experience him more. Colin Farrell, like we've just said, Hugh Grant. I mean, was there anyone you were like disappointed in who didn't bring their A game? I, I no, think they all did. No, yeah. as I said, just disappointed that Michelle Dockery was so underutilized. Correct. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the opening sequence, which went into kind of bond territory did you feel that like from the very beginning the movie grabbed you with the title sequence and the very opening scenes Mm, so mm. it it was really the hook was really good yeah yeah because i guess it needed to get you to a level of this is what you can expect to Mm. experience during this film i think it opened really strong as well but then it needed to get you into those lulls of all that exposition Mm. and that dialogue but it always came at you with some more action or mm. totes, you know, crazy direction going, oh, we're going right now, but oh, we're yeah. going left, which is one of the great things that Guy Ritchie brings to his, his yeah. filmmaking. There's a lot of subplots woven in. Mm. Mm. Are we ready to rate it? Yeah, I, I guess. Look, I, I feel like I need to see the film again because, as I mm. mentioned before, my attention was compromised from time to time. I think that was a disservice to 
how fast paced, mm. you know, the it, Guy Ritchie's films are. And I, I, it deserved more of my attention, but I did find it incredibly entertaining. Mm-hmm. The performances, like we said, the script, the dialogue, this, the way it was shot and this movie cost $22 million to make. It looked way more expensive than that. Right. It's, the economy of storytelling and how they're piecing it together is so, so well done. Mm. I'm probably going to give it a three and a half. What about okay. you? Well, I had mixed feelings about it. It's a very Guy Ritchie film, so he didn't really step out of his comfort zone for this one, which was a bit disappointing. And as I said, again, a bit disappointed about Michelle Dockery being underutilised. Um, but having said that, it's flawed, but it's definitely worth seeing. It's definitely entertaining and superficially it's very entertaining. So I give it a three. All right, now for news. Yes, so we have a new trailer for the Aussie-made film Rams. I had no idea this movie even existed. Neither, but I'm glad it does. Mm-hmm. Who have we got? We've got Sam Neill. We've got Michael Caton, two, you know, darlings in Australian cinema and the arts. <laughs> darlings, even. Oh, I don't know. Why not? I Sorry, just before we talk about this movie, and it kind of made me think about Sam Neill in particular because mm. – you need to follow him on Instagram. Oh, he's hilarious. He is hilarious. His love and adoration and pure gold in the way he talks to his animals. Because yes. he lives on a farm in New Zealand. He's pigs and all this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. ducks, etc. Just fantastic. So when I saw that he was in this film about, you know, rams and sheep and things mm-hmm. and, and engaging in all of that, I thought, oh, he must be having the best time. Because <laughs> he just loves animals. And hopefully it translates into the movie. What's okay. the movie about? So it's set in remote Western Australia with two estranged brothers, Colin, played by Sam Neill, and Les, played by Michael Caton. And they're at war raising separate flocks of sheep. But can they put differences aside and work together when authorities order a purge of sheep in their valley due to an outbreak of um, a disease or, or what, as you get from the trailer? I think the dynamics of Sam Neill and Michael Caton are going to be fantastic to oh, watch. Brilliant. I think they're, yeah, they're just brilliant uh, performers and it's great to see them in a film together. I What did you think about the trailer? I think it lost something mm. towards the end. It kind of was just a collage of images and I'm like, what's missing here? It felt a bit... It felt a bit yeah. off. It started really strong, I yeah. think. And then they didn't actually know what to do with the back half of the trailer. Yeah. But I'm still interested to see it. Yeah, definitely. We also got a trailer for a new Russell Crowe movie, again, I didn't even know was coming, mm. called Unhinged. And it's a psychological thriller that takes on something that we've all experienced, road rage. And obviously, I mean, there's no getting around it. It's something that Russell Crowe has personal experience with as well. Not road rage in particular, but rage. A- anger issues. <laughs> yeah. And it comes to an unpredictable and terrifying conclusion. Now, watching the trailer for this, it was really unsettling. It was so unsettling. It seems absolutely ridiculous, this mm. movie. Just the whole premise is hard to... Like yeah, like understand. a whole a whole movie of a whole movie of road rage. Road rage. Yeah. But this is like next level road rage. I think it's a clear example of a trailer that shows you way too much. Right. I felt like I saw the whole movie. But do you think you it has to to sort of explain that it's not going to be them for two and a half hours in a car? Well, that actually interests me a little bit more. Really? Because you think about the phone booth with Colin Farrell, you know, oh, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, twenty bloody hell, about mm. twenty years ago. You know, that, that that's so contained. I don't know. There's something fascinating about a film that can make that work. But, I mean, th- this is certainly not that movie. It's going to be a, a wild ride. I think it might be a little bit ridiculous. But I think it knows that it's being ridiculous, so it'll have a lot of fun. I think it looks intense. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. 
Um, and another piece of news, this jumped out at me this week because it's a bit of shocking news, mm. that they're going to knock down event cinemas in George Street in Sydney yeah. to make way for apartments. Now, this yeah. is an institution. I mean, that's where we've gone to see so many premiere movies for yeah. this podcast. And growing up, I've been there a ton of times as well. I always remember seeing the midnight screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show when that used to happen, where they'd act it out at the same time as the movie oh being shown. That was Amazing. just an institution. Yeah. So apparently they're going to still build like a boutique cinema there, mm. like a smaller one. But George Street, it's very old. Yes. So if they were going to knock it down, you would think that they would build it and make it look nice and shiny. They're just paring it back a bit. Is that a sign of the times, do you think? Potentially. Maybe. I. It's it's a big loss because they do a lot of premieres, like you said there. Mm. So where where is that? opportunity going to go mm. are they all just going to be out in fox studios or the state theater which are two great venues but it's a real shame i'm really hoping people are going to rush back to the cinema mm. when all this is over and we can go back to the cinema which is looking like sort of mid-july now yeah i think we'd mentioned it was june but now it's more realistically looking like july yeah i'd just really love to see people rushing back to the cinema when we can yeah. within with safe guidelines of yes. course yes the the first big release which is still holding on to its july release date is Christopher Nolan's Tenant, yeah, which I'm very, very much looking forward what do to. You, that's a lot of pressure to put on a movie. What do you think about that? Do you think that's a big enough movie to carry this kind of expectation? Absolutely. Really? I, yeah. I definitely think that if you want a filmmaker and a tentpole film to carry the industry into healthy waters again, you put Christopher Nolan there. Because he's, he's got so much kudos behind, like with Inception, with The Prestige, with the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm. You know, he, Interstellar, like mm. just incredible, grand tentpole filmmaking. I think Tenet's going to be that again. But see, there's no denying that he's a fantastic filmmaker, but I, based on the box office takings of the last sort of year or even 10 years, something like a Marvel movie or, or Wonder Woman, mm. I would have thought would kick everything off. Like how yeah. inspirational would it be to have Wonder Woman, the first movie that we all go see? I agree. I'd love that. Yeah. It's not going to be too far off, though. Mm. You know, it will be one of the first films that I think, even if people are a bit nervous to go as soon as July or Mm. unable to see it due to the, you know, restrictions, Wonder Woman could still be that film to draw more people in going, yes, I need this in my life to escape and, Mm. and have that, you know, shared cinema experience once again. I'm just... Gagging for it. <laughs> Get us back to the movies. It's just a, such a shared experience, such a joyful experience. There's something so special about going to the movies and yeah. that seeing it on the big screen that you just can't get at home. No, exactly. Exactly. Which is why I think Tenant is the perfect, because it's, it's going to be big. Yeah. As little as we know about it, I think we can have all faith that it's going to blow our minds. It's a lot of expectations. So, Lee, week three of our first anniversary giveaway mm-hmm. code word what is this week's code word? This week's code word is Sonic. <laughs> in honour of the awesome Sonic the Hedgehog swag that is included in our first anniversary giveaway, we've bumped it up. So on top of a popcorn podcast mug and an iTunes gift voucher, you also get a ton of Sonic the Hedgehog merch, plus like a boss goodies, mm-hmm. and a Call of the Wild DVD, which comes out on DVD in June 3. Awesome. So much to look forward to in that pack. So mm. Get, uh, keep listening to our podcast each week. We'll drop the code word and you head to our website on the win page and enter your details and the code word and you go in the chance to win. So good luck. Yeah. And the more code words you have, the more chances you have to win. 
So what are you waiting for? Nothing. Get on there. <laughs> All right, Lee, that was another jam-packed episode of Popcorn Podcasts. We reviewed Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Mm -hmm. And a couple of trailers have started being released. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.